born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. God has chosen all of those that are in Christ to be like his son. That is eternal security. God has chosen to give all believers eternal life and never cast them out and never lose them. And he's not a respecter of persons. I mean, he didn't choose one over the other. It means it's because God made a decision before we were ever born, before there was anybody who did any good or bad. So before the first man, God had a plan. Now get what he says here. In verse 21, who by him do believe in God. See, there's another thing that's different. It's not just to believe in God, that there is a God, but to believe what he said, to believe what he did. See, I believed in God, but I didn't know God. I didn't know what God said. I had no idea what he had done. So when I heard that, I trusted Christ as my Savior, because no man comes to the Father except through the Son. So you have to accept the Son in order to get to go to heaven, get to know God. Jesus Christ is the revelation of God himself. So in verse 21, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead, gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. So that you and I, as we live our Christian life, we're supposed to live every day with our faith, our trust in him. When it says, uh, you know, Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. It means to thank God, to acknowledge God. So as you live your life, regardless of what you do, where you go, you're always thinking God. What does God want me to do? Or how does he want me to think? What does he want me to say? You're always acknowledging the presence of God in your life. And it can change your life. But this is why he did it, and he indwells you by the person of the Holy Spirit to teach us these things. He says in verse 22, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. When he talks about unfeigned, it's kind of like in the Middle East when they had these pottery and you wanted to buy one in the marketplace, and you didn't know if it was good or bad. How do you know if it had a leak or a crack in it? And you can't see it, and they put, you know, the, another layer over or wax or something like that. And you hold it up, and, and you, you can't see. So it means it's not pure. It's not, it's not right. 
but they'd hold it to the sunlight, and the sunlight would reveal a crack. Your life, my life, is to be held up to the Word of God, not comparing ourselves with others, but with the Word of God, and the light of God's Word will reveal the flaws in your life so that you know what you need to correct in your life. And God can help heal. And have you ever seen knotted pine? The church we had up here in Georgia, all the walls and in the choir had knotted pine. And it looked beautiful, that knotted pine. Now, the knots that you see that made it look pretty were limbs that were cut off. The Lord is working in our life and we take the Word of God and we apply it and we cut off some of the things out of our life that are not right. But it might leave a knot. But these knots can be, I guess you could say, a little virtue. I told uh, Betty when I got ready to do the floor in our house because we built it ourselves. And I was getting ready to put some either towel down or something, you know, a carpet. I didn't really want carpet. And we thought about hardwood floor. Well, that would look pretty. But that is so expensive. So what we did is my little darling checked and found out there's a couple places that did hardwood floors. They had leftover remnants. And so we went and talked to them and got some from this store, some from another store, some from another store. Got it cheap because they didn't have enough to sell. But there was just, you know, remnants left over. And so we got them all, put them in the floor, and she would look at the colors. And all those places that had a few little knots here and there like that, we found out the guy says, oh, that's got character. That's character. Boy, our floor has got character. <laughs> and actually, it makes it look prettier. Now, the things in your life that, you know, needs to be dealt with, if you allow the Lord to cut those things out of your life, do a little pruning on you, well, after a while, see, that, that, that becomes character. Because you see the kind of a character you are by the things you cut off out of your life that were not right. And when you don't cut things out of your life that you should, well, it doesn't say much for you. Oh, it reveals some things about you, but not in a good sense. Many people's lives have been enhanced because of things that, yes, they've done that were not right, but because of the Lord, they dealt with them. And now those things revealed their character, what kind of a person, and the power that God had in your life. And they also become things to remember. You'll never forget, but you might always remember yeah, I used to do this, and I used to do that, and I used to do this. But look what God's done with my life. And so they can be things of beauty also. So you hold it up to the sunlight, and it reflects, and see if there's any cracks in it. And somebody sometimes, they'll just put some wax over it and color it so you can't see it. But the sunlight will reveal the flaw. God wants to hold us up to the perfect law of liberty, the mirror of God's word, and see what needs to be corrected. So he makes this statement here in verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 
Now, you know that I use these verses an awful lot when I'm teaching on the two natures. These are tremendous verses. Because you and I were born into God's family by the incorruptible Word of God. So that means that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you came from a perfect seed that lasts forever. And that's why once you're God's child, you're His child for all eternity. Because the new birth came from an incorruptible seed. In other words, it can't die. And he says here, which liveth and abideth for how long? Forever. And you were born from that word. Now look what he says in verse 24. For all flesh, that's the first birth, is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. The flesh birth, our first birth, this old body that I have. And it doesn't matter how beautiful you are today or how built you are today. It's going to fade away. It's going down. You won't last. Have y'all ever seen a 200-year-old Jack LaLanne? 200-year-old Jack LaLanne? He might make it to 100, but he's still going to die. And that physique that he has for all these years, and I think it's great what he's done. I think he's a good example of a person to take care of himself physically. But I want to make sure that I have more for my life than that I had a beautiful body and shape. There's other things to live for, but he's going to die. And it doesn't matter. I used to always look years ago, so before we had television, we always had comic books. On the back of them would be a man named Charles Atlas. Anybody ever seen a book, Charles Atlas? The built guy. I don't think he lifted weights. He just did it by tension. <laughs> and he built up his muscles. And, and I, I bet every kid looked at that thing and just, oh, I wish I want to do that. He was some skinny little kid. And now he's a macho man. And I remember one time I saw that. And I had a kid that was always wants to fight me. Always wanted to fight. So I figured I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out. So my mama had always sent me downstairs in that great big old iron poker. It was probably that tall, and I could hardly lift that thing. And I'd have to push it in the furnace, and I would chunk all the hot coals and get them all stirred up, you know, and put some more coal in there. So I went downstairs, and I got a hold of that barbell. I called it my barbell. And I went out there, and I was doing this here, you know, and I would curl it. Curl it. And I'd go look in the mirror. Nothing yet. I'd go around there somewhere. And uh, I had this one kid, that, he wanted to fight me. I thought, I need to go work out. So the day before our fight, I went there. You know, it just don't happen that fast. The next day, he took one swing at me and blooded my nose. It seems like it takes so long to get in shape or to get one of those muscles. Mine didn't go up like this. Mine went down like this. I said, i got muscle in it. When you trust Christ as your Savior, God wants you and I to be strong in the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with the, the physical strength. And we need to take care of ourselves. There's no doubt about that. Because you don't take care of the body, you're going to have to move out. But when it comes to spiritual strength, studying the Word of God is how you get strong. You see down here in verse 2 of chapter 2, as newborn Babes, 
desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby. Now, this sincere milk of the word reflects up there to verse 23 in the previous verse, the incorruptible word. That's how you were born, by the word, because of the word, and so you will grow by the word. And it says in the book of Colossians in chapter 2, it says, As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? By faith. How do you walk? By faith. You believe what he said about salvation, you got saved. So you believe what he says about the Christian life, and you serve him, and you'll get rewarded, bless your life here. It just just makes the world a difference. But nobody can make you. Nobody can make somebody do this. But look at verse 25 up there in 1 Peter chapter 1. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. So if you are born from the word, you will endure forever. Hold your place right here and just turn to the left a couple of pages to Hebrews in chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and look in verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, look in verse 12. For the word of God, and get this, is quick. That means it's alive. It's powerful. It's sharp. So whatever the word of God is, it can make you. The word of God is perfect. It can make you perfect. Holy, make you holy. Sharp, it can make you sharp. Powerful, it can make you powerful. Alive, it can make you come alive. When a Christian seems like they're dead on the vine, and they never have any fruit, they're never happy and joyful and so forth. Well, all they're saying is that they're not in the Word. Because the Word will change you. The Word can bring you peace and joy and happiness because you'll learn to trust in the Word. It just means you're not trusting the Word because you don't know the Word. You can see, it's not how many times you've been through the Bible. It's has the Bible been through you. To say, well, I know the Bible. If you don't obey the Bible, you don't know the Bible. You can't know it until you obey it. You have to obey it to know it. So he says here in verse 12, Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joint and the marrow, that's the body, and get this, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God will reveal motives, the content, why you think the way you think. Why do you do what you do? God has given to us a way of understanding ourselves. Without this book, man cannot understand himself. He doesn't know why he does what he does. He don't know who he is. He don't know where he came from. And he don't know what he's doing. And he don't know where he's going. But when you come to the book and get the answers, you'll know where you came from and you'll know who you are. You know what you're doing and why you're doing it and you know where you're going. So I think I'd just stick with the book. It has served me very well for these almost 49 years. By the way, you know what I did last night? We went over to see uh, Francis and that's Lee Patton's daughter and they had a birthday party for me. They didn't know it at first. So they had this little cake they made. And then they got something they wrote on it, but it was so hot it melted. 
they gave me two little candles, and they lit the candles, and the candles melted. <laughs> but it was a good brownie. So you see, I had a birthday, but I've had two births. I was, I ain't figured out how come if I'm 68, they only gave me two candles. You know what my wife did one time? And this is the truth. I wouldn't lie to you for anything in the world. Raise my right hand. I had just turned 50 years old. And so they're going to have a 50th birthday party for me. So my wife had this cake and she put 50 sparklers on it. She was trying to figure out how to put the firecrackers in it without them going off before the sparklers, you know. Anyway, my mama is on an oxygen machine. And my sister, and all, they're there, and so she comes in there, and they got this cake, 50 sparklers going off all at one time. Smoke had already done filled the ceiling all the way down. You couldn't hardly see it straight across. My mama had to go out of the house. This thing's going off in smoke. And she was trying to find the firecrackers. It ruined the cake. We didn't eat the cake. But they had me another cake anyway. But, you know, I don't remember my birthdays five before that or five after that. But I remember that one. Unless something happens unusual, you usually don't remember a particular day. Something has to happen, either good or bad. And you can remember that. But if it's just a plain, ordinary, nothing happened, no excitement day, it seems like you just can't remember. But you can remember when things went wrong and somebody did you wrong or something good really happened. Well, wouldn't your life be good if you was to have one exciting adventure after the other because of the Lord? He is powerful. He is a God of action. Did you know that you can't find any better adventure-packed stories than those that are in the Bible. God loves adventure. He loves stories, and He put all these stories in there to reveal character to us. So we can study those stories, and then we have the New Testament doctrine, and find in the right story that goes with that New Testament teaching. And it's beautiful when you do that. But those things are written. And there's stories, adventures in your life. You don't want your life to be one dead portion of time. You want God to really be alive. You want your life to really be alive. You want to do something. You want something to happen. <laughs> I have a tendency to want to either make something happen if nothing's happening. Because I want something to happen. <laughs> it's interesting. Sometimes me and that Marianne will be over here working... She's now now pastor. We need to always remember now, if we do this, that affects this. And if we do that, that will affect this. And this here, that will affect that. I said, let's go for it. <laughs> Just start pulling plugs and see what happens. And she said, cool, 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 pastor, pastor. <laughs> she is so cute. <laughs> Don't you do that. She does that. She does that. And if somebody comes up with an idea, let's, let's, let's do it. So I'm, I'm the kind of a guy that just, you know, step up. He said, well, what if it falls flat? Well, then it falls flat. I would rather attempt and fail than attempt nothing. One person put it this way. It's better to aim at nothing and hit it. Something and hit it. 
No, better to aim at nothing and hit it than to aim at nothing and... I forgot I went. Better to aim at something and miss than to aim at nothing and hit it. That's it. I knew I'd get it. I knew I'd get it. All you got to do is just keep aiming at it. Look now in chapter 2. Chapter 2, very quickly. As a result of all of this that we've looked at, when he says in verse 14, as obedient children... Now it comes over here and talking to them as obedient children. There's something you need to do. One in verse one, wherefore laying aside. Now this is the flesh laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies, envies and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. So there's always something to put off in order for something to put on. Uh, just kind of like, you know, your clothes. You know, if I sleep in my pajamas, well, I don't just put my suit over my pajamas. I take off my pajamas, and then I put on my other suit pants. And so that's generally what people do. I would assume that y'all don't have both on this morning. <laughs> you might, you know. But he's talking about putting off and putting on. It means that there's things in your life that you need to stop doing. Some people say, well, that's just legalism. That's legalism. It is not legalism. God's the one that said, Christians, there's things I don't want you to do, and there's things I want you to do. As a pastor out there in Colorado, and I had the Bible college and a Christian school, I had a lot of rules and regulations for, you know, kids coming to Christian school and for the Bible college students. So I'd have things I would say to the college students, what you can and you cannot do. And I would tell them this way. Kids want to come to college. I said, why do you want to come to college? Because I want to learn how to do what you're doing. I said, you really do. I said, yeah, I do. All right. This is what you got to do. I want you to be at this class and this class. And I told them what class to come to. I said, now, this is how you're going to dress. This is how you're going to do your hair. This is my standards. By the time I get through, they're trying to scratch your head whether or not, is this really what they want? And I tell them, I said, look, I tell you all of these things for a reason. I have no time to waste my time playing silly little games with people. If you want to learn what I know, then I want you to do what I tell you to do. If you're not going to do what I tell you to do on these little things, you won't listen to me on big things. If I'm going to have a problem with you, I want to know it right up front. I don't argue with any kid. I don't fight with any kid. I says, you're going to do it my way, and it's the only way you'll do it. They're like, Boy, you're legalistic. I says, no, I'm not making you come. But if you do, I want you to know what I know and why I do what I do and I want all my standards and my convictions to be yours. Because otherwise I'm wasting my time. I'm going to teach you how to do what I do. But I want you to know why I do it. And if I simply give you truth. And now I don't take away these other things that will destroy what I'm teaching you. You're not going to learn. I said so there's things I don't want you listening to. Because that feeds the flesh, and I'm trying to feed the spirit. So if you want this, you've got to eliminate this. Every camp that I've had, 
I always tell the kids, there's some of these things that you can't bring to camp. You don't bring your radios and your iPods and your cell phones and all that. That don't come into camp. We're going to teach you this, not that. And if I can isolate them from the things of the world and take them and have them where they learn the Word of God, you'd be surprised at the change that happens in their life. But I don't have time to fight that. In other words, if you want to have good help, there might be some things you might need to lay off on the pizza and the ice cream and the brownies and this and that. In other words, you name ten things. Because if you want to be in good health, you might have to eliminate that. We do it all the time. But let a preacher do it. Alarm, alarm, alarm. He's a legalist. No, I'm not. Because I don't tell people you've got to do that to be saved. And I don't tell you you've got to do that to be spiritual. I'm simply saying if you want to be spiritual, these things will hurt that. If you want to go to Orlando, don't go north on 75. It's, it's the wrong way. And you can't go both ways at the same time. If you want to feed the spirit, then I'm saying don't feed the flesh. Don't make provision for it. And some people never get that because they like to play the silly little game of whatever they want to do, and then they come down on somebody who wants the best for them. I'm only one person. I only got one chance to live. I don't have time to play games. Even when it comes to church, I will tell you what I believe the Word of God says. You can do with it whatever you want. But when you want to be a leader, that's another ball game. When you want to be an example of the believer, that's different. If I had a sort of a Bible college here, you can come here with your hair two feet long from your armpits. I don't care. But if you're going to come to college, you have to cut it. And if I say you're going to wear a tie, you wear a tie. If I say you can wear a T-shirt, that's just to let me know that you understand who's in charge. And I don't argue and I don't care to fight with anybody on anything. If I'm the pastor, I'm the pastor. Or I'm not the pastor. If I'm the leader, I'm the leader. And I'll try to be the best I can possibly be. But sometimes people say, well, uh, that, what you did, that, that, that offends me, so I can't say that because that offends him. Well, I don't want you to say this because that offends me. And you, uh, well, I don't want you to say that because that offends me. Well, after that is all done, I won't be able to say anything. Why? Because I'll be offending, afraid of offending somebody. Jesus Christ was the most offensive person who ever came into this world. He offended just about everybody. And probably everybody. Why? Because he taught truth. Truth is offensive. People are offended by truth. So anyway, I know that. You understand that. But there are some things that you and I need to understand. And look there in verse 3 as we close. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you done that? Is the Lord gracious to you? Is he precious? I love it because it says that God says that he is precious. Look in verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed or rejected indeed of men, but chosen of God, and you are underline this word. He is precious. He's precious. And he ought to be precious to you. More precious to you than anything else in the whole world. And God will bless you for believe in it. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we do thank you so much for your
hand upon us, each person here. We pray, Lord, your will to be done. And if there's things in our life that are not right, that we would be willing to correct them, cut them out of our life, to put on the whole armor of God, to go to your word because it's the milk whereby we grow, and you're to become more precious to us. We thank you for this day and this Bible study and ask you to blessings upon them. Blessing the church that I were to follow in Christ's name. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.